Hi, welcome to Per My Last Email. This is your host, Michaela. Every other week, I'll be coming on here to tell you everything going on in my life. Sometimes it'll be real estate and some tips and tricks for all of you. Sometimes it'll be everything that drives me crazy about building a business, but it'll always be something you can relate to and be like, yep, definitely feel that. Each episode is meant to inspire, connect, and maybe lead you to a glass of wine while we all discuss the many reasons we've all thought about writing emails, starting with the phrase, per my last email. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to episode six, and you are who? <laughs> I'm Hillary. Hi, uh, Hillary. <laughs> hi. What can I do? Where can you? the world find you, Hillary? Currently sitting with you on a bench. In not, your it, not even a little what I meant. In- <laughs> <laughs> Where can the internet world find you? Oh, gosh. See, but that says a lot about me. The fact that my mm. brain didn't instantly go to that where, is, yeah. where in the world can you find me on the internet? That's, that's fair. <laughs> um, I am on the plethora of social media accounts, but I, I don't think I'm really active on them. I do have an Instagram account where you can see some of my side passion of my travel photography that I like to do. Ultimately, if I could do anything in the world, it would be that. But you know, Oh, I didn't know that. It doesn't pay the bills as well. So I just want everyone to know, offline, Hillary made a comment that she doesn't follow me on Instagram. <laughs> But I have just pulled up her Instagram to find out I have been following her for many, many years. I do know. I do follow you. I don't. I. I don't log into my Instagram very much at all. Guys, we're gonna. We're gonna check so. that. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna verify. Fact check that right now. She is following a certain amount of people, and we are going to check if I'm one of them. And she. You definitely are. I definitely am not. <gasps> Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So this was a really quick episode. Um, <laughs> Where <laughs> Hillary got vetoed because she does not follow me. <laughs> How upsetting. I know, I'm sorry. But that actually does show that I'm not that active on social media. But anyway, yeah, that's I, sh- fair. I should be. I should be. I have vacationed with this woman. I just want to be clear. I've been on vacation with this woman. <laughs> she doesn't follow me on Instagram, but I have been on vacation <laughs> with her. But that... That, again... Is why you answered I'm sitting on this bench. And and is why, you know, we're close because we're close in real life and in person Mm -hmm. and not necessarily Mm -hmm. online. Not Um, on Instagram. Yeah. And you'd think, so I happen to work in tech. Right. So makes it weirder. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I work in tech. I work in marketing. I work in brand. And the number of times that I've come across someone asking a question like, oh, do you know if I post this here, this, and I'm like, social media and I probably should but it it actually defines me pretty well because it's very strange I think for me that I work in tech it was kind of a fell into it when I graduated college and just been at it for oh god almost 15 years that's okay I'm dating myself (laughs) that's okay yeah but but you okay so that kind of leads into it so you went to college where for what why yeah did you mean to yes uh okay i went to college in massachusetts wait and- pause where are you from massachusetts continue <laughs> so from the east coast went to college in massachusetts and in college i got an english degree and then i thought i was going to law school so i had like a pre-law thing as well took the lsats and then decided Every lawyer I know, sorry to the lawyers out there, but at least in my world, were pretty miserable. And so I decided I'll do something else. But it was like a natural fit because you're like, I didn't have a particular passion of something I wanted to follow mm-hmm. where there was a clear trajectory of where I should go. And so I graduated college and ended up moving to New York City. And I was in a relationship at the time from college and that's where she wanted to go. So I went there and I needed a job and I applied to everything I could find. And I ended up, luckily, even though it was the most 
challenging job that I've had emotionally. Luckily, I got a job working at Condé Nast. And I got a job. So this is 2007, right when... Before the market crash. Before the market crash, like a year or so before. And right when like companies were realizing that print was dying and you had to have a digital presence. Because there was no, I mean, no real Facebook. Facebook was on like two universities that had no Instagram, nothing. And so their magazine, Bon Appetit magazine, needed an online presence, which ended up being Epicurious.com, which is still a pretty good recipe-based website. And then their Condé Nast Traveler magazine ended up having Concierge.com for travel advice, whatever. So I got a job being a marketing coordinator for these two brand new online properties at the wing of Condé Nast, which at the time they called Condé Net says a lot about the time. <laughs> yeah. This is so weird because I like know who you are now and to think like, I don't even want to talk about work just yet. Like, how did you feel about New York? I'm also being incredibly selfish with this question. Continue. And then I will tell you. What I am curious why you're selfish about all of If you'd asked me many years ago, Hillary, where do you see yourself? I probably said like writing poetry in a cabin in the woods. So New York was not like my bag at all. Oh my God. Writing poetry in the woods. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that one day. Wow. Yeah. But it was not my bag, but because of this relationship, I didn't really have any direction myself. So I thought, fine, you know what? I'll just go with it. Yeah. New York City. Okay. Ended up living in New York City for almost eight years. I mean, there's like a lot of moody people in New York. So like you could probably find a crew of moody people. And like, <laughs> well, and like, By the way, the fact that I am now being defined as moody. No, that's not a, a bad thing. Like a, like a, you know, like a speakeasy has like a yes. mood to it. So yes. like that kind of moodiness. I'm sure there's like a million little like, oh, yeah. you know, hole in the wall in the basement bars uh-huh. where people like write poetry you would think new york would have a vibe for you it did it did you're right it didn't jazz clubs it, there yeah. definitely was an energy there but it was it was it, it, a lot of humans concrete jungle like no <laughs> so trees humans. no yeah. grass so many people so much fast paced yeah. energy but it was great mm. loved those years made a ton of friends had a lot of fun really like proved myself being able to do things i thought i wouldn't be able or couldn't do and it was it was good i will never live in New York ever again. <laughs> if I ever return, it would be for maybe two nights. Um, and I'll just party it up and then leave. And then be done. But it's transformed so much. And anyone who lives in any city for a long period of time would probably have that yeah. same statement. But it was like, when I first moved there, there was little boutiques, little bodegas, like yeah. just great small mom and pop shops. And then you have Old Navy and Starbucks. Yeah, and it just, different. it lost its culture and energy and to spend so much money to just be like above an old navy <laughs> is to me just my life is over why why that is the end you? of yes. life yes <laughs> so old navy. wait why the question of new york city i have a love affair with new york city mm. i have a really serious love affair going on with new york city at the moment have you been there like many times there? I've never lived I've never lived anywhere except for in Chicago mm-hmm. and one year in Wales. Hmm. Which is like very random. Great though. Great little factoid. Like factoid, <laughs> I lived in Wales for a year. Great. What's it about New York that you're I like its size. Like it's massive. Mm-hmm. I think I'm fantasizing about how massive it mm-hmm. is in population and that like you could constantly be meeting new people and all mm-hmm. of that. And for those people who don't live in Chicago, I realize we seem like a very big city. And on a map, we are a big city. And in numbers, we are a big city. We are not a big city. Every single person I've dated knows the other person I dated the week prior. Every single one of my girlfriends went to college with some other girl I just met at brunch. Like, 
everyone knows everybody. Mm. And so I have this fantasy about New York that like every day or every week or every month I would meet somebody new and they would truly be new. Mm. Part of my problem is because I'm from here. Mm -hmm. Right. I am almost 31 years old. So outside of one year of 31 years, my existence has existed in this bubble. And so anywhere and everywhere I go, I'm one at most two degrees disconnected from the person I'm meeting as a quote unquote new person. Right. It's become very unfun. Is it a fantasy over the ability to just not reinvent yourself, but to just every opportunity you can present yourself yeah. the way you want? 100%. Right? Like there isn't just a, a line of a story that's 100%. Yeah. There's yeah. no story. Like yeah. I get to be the creator of that story versus a history mm-hmm. that everyone else created is the story. And it sort of shows up before even I show up. Mm-hmm. That being said, my job kind of makes that the case. So I think I'm fucked either way. Right. Um, that's so, fair. you know, there's that too. That's fair. The, the, um, there's an opposite though for me with the with Chicago, just because I don't know anyone here. I know. <laughs> Basically just moved here when quarantine yeah. started. And so for me... I'm like, oh, I can go out. Looking. Like, do you even know where you are? No. <laughs> I'm on your, I'm sitting on a bench in your apartment. No. I, I, the other day I was like, oh, I got to go run an errand or something. And usually I'm a little mindful of, not in a vain way, but it's like, okay, I'm going to be outside. I might run into someone I should like, you know, look somewhat presentable. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to know anyone. I can wear whatever I want. Guys, it turns out she actually moved to the cabin in the middle of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really did, actually. You kind of did. I just got to work on my poetry. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that probably could have happened better in the club in New York City. I'm just in the moody club. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I truly believe that New York City might just be, like, the greatest place on earth. I also really like nice things. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, I do too. I hear you. That's fine. I really like nice things in New York has lots of nice things. All the nice things. They have all, all the, the nice things. Object. Yeah. Oh, I like yes. all shiny objects and New York has all the shiny objects. And there's one more caveat to New York, which actually kind of leads me to my next question with you. New York, I think, and I've been to every big city in the U.S., like top mm-hmm. five big cities mm-hmm. I've been to. I think that New York is the most European city we have. And I am my most comfortable in European cities. New York truly is more of like a global city mm-hmm. than anywhere else in the U.S. I'm sure like L.A. has people from all over the world. No, totally- Chicago does. But New York, it's different. Yep. And it's a level of culture I really miss in Chicago. Yeah, I get that. So like there's, I have all these fantasies about New York. It's going to yeah. be like a guy and then I show up to the date and it's not what I thought. And no, it's, it's always disappointing. Ugh, New York, please don't disappoint me. I love you. Oh. <laughs> I love you. Wow, I really, I really love New York. Love yeah. New York. But anyway, my point of that question yeah. was: we'll jump ahead a little bit, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You lived on the East Coast for mm-hmm. under ten years, but mm-hmm. a while, and then from there you went to the other coast. Yeah. My understanding. Yep. Exactly. And now you're in the middle. Yes. Well, what people say is the middle, which is not even close to the middle. Do you feel like your human interactions in the quote unquote middle are different than on the coast? Do you feel like humans interact differently here? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. People in New York are different from people in Massachusetts, from people in LA to San Francisco, both places I lived on the West Coast, to here. It's like, so I grew up outside of Boston. And so it's that like 
dirty water kind of like you know homegrown vibe mm. and i think chicago to me is like a san francisco boston mix and san francisco was like an la new york mix so yeah i do think people are different here i think it's i feel much more laid back but not too laid back i still feel like there's an energy there's a vibe there's there's a want to kind of be a part of a social scene yeah. uh 100% yeah there's definitely a difference do you feel like people interact differently? Do you feel like your interactions in work were different on the coast versus here? It depends on the people that we're talking about. Because mm. like uh, bosses that I've had at any company are, are either international or yeah. from different cities. But the individuals that I work local. with now that happen to be local and grew up in this kind of yeah. Midwest kind of energy... Yeah, they got this like sweet softness to them. I don't know how to put it. It's it's like this humble, but Chicago itself though has this grittiness. So yeah. it's like this humble. It's grit. really weird. It's yeah. really weird. And yeah. I ask this because I obviously have my own opinions because I'm from here and right, I'm like sure. in it. And I was like raised in it and I like I comprehend it in such like a molecular way. Yeah. And then I'm so always interested in like people from other places. Like, mm-hmm. do you guys absorb it as like just this like kindness? Or is there a level of like, well, weakness too, but is there a level of like, it's a facade? That the kindness is a facade. Mm. That's LA. I think mm. that that's the, the fake facade stuff and, and not everyone. Well, of course. Not, it's like right? a gen, we're generalizing right. the crap out Super of Super generalizing. Yeah. No, I don't get the sense that it's a facade. For those who I've interacted with who are like local from Indiana yeah. or Michigan. Yeah, all you of know, like Midwest right? people. Yeah. yeah. No. It's like homegrown niceness. Like yeah. they want to bring you the cake. Yeah. It's funny. Like it's not. It's scary a little. Because <laughs> like the New Yorker in me is like looking over my shoulder like, what are you going to do? And the Scorpio in me is like, I don't trust you. Like, did you poison this? <laughs> Am I not to turn in my assignment tomorrow? What do you really want yeah. from because me? Because you want me to not show up to the meeting. Is that why I'm getting <laughs> right. this cake? Right. Will I be dying after this? Uh-huh. Yeah. But you don't feel like that's more of an LA vibe you bet. Yeah. I didn't work with anyone in LA because mm-hmm. I've been working remotely now for the last three companies. One, two. Yeah. Last three companies I've been working remotely. And so like almost 10 years I've been working remotely. Oh, wow. Which was one of the best things that I ended up being able to take a chance at. And I've realized that it was just way better for me to be able to Because you that. could live wherever. I could live anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere I wanted. Now the whole world knows about this, but like two years ago, no one knew. No, it's the best. I could live anywhere I wanted. And then I would show up every six weeks or so to the city that I was working out of or the location. And I would see the team and I could turn it on for that week. Right. So I am my mm. best self for five <laughs> days. I am energetic. I'm, I am like awake. I'm there. And then I leave and I'm like, Thank God I don't have to see those people for like five weeks and I can sit at home. And, and then she goes back to her cabin in the woods. Yes! <laughs> you got it! This yeah. is awesome. Basically, you need a condo in a city and a cabin in the woods. And mm-hmm. you live in the woods five weeks and you go to the condo once a week. Yeah. And then... Great. That's like the ideal. Yeah. A lot of your can life you help makes... Me with that? Yeah. A lot <laughs> of like life right now makes a lot of sense to me now that I know this about you. No, it's yes. all making sense. Uh-huh. It's all making sense. Yep. Well, all right. So how did we get from job in New York to next job and working remote? And yeah. where, where did that transition happen? Sure. So I was working for a company in New York City called Booker, which I believe was then acquired by MindBody. So it's uh, business management software for spas and salons. Oh, okay. Bread and butter. 
Mind body is like pretty known now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I believe that mind body acquired Booker, but after I left okay. and I was with Booker for five years, started when they were only 30 people. And I was there until, you know, up to like 250 yeah. plus employees. And during that time, the relationship I was in, my girlfriend wanted to make a change and I was definitely ready to leave New York. <laughs> and she's like, how about LA? I said, fine, let's do it. Why not? Yeah. And I went to my boss saying I'm moving right. because I think I said like my girlfriend got a job yeah. or something like that. Assuming that I would have to quit. quit. And he said, we don't want to lose you. Let's see if we can make this work. Mm-hmm. Great. Best option yeah. ever. Right. And then, so went to LA. And then the best part about it was by working East Coast hours, but living on the West Coast, my day had to start early. Very early. But it was done by yeah. 2 o'clock. Yeah. Which, and I'm a morning person. So yeah. That was the best. And I never felt, the moment I started to realize this, I never had the Sunday scaries. I never felt worried about work because I was- You had like a half day. A half day. day. And yeah. I was home in my comfortable space. I could, mm-hmm. I could light a candle or yeah. incense, do my laundry, cook myself lunch. Like it was just, I operated really well in that environment. Mm-hmm. And so lived in LA, worked for that job for I think another year and a half or so. And then got recruited to another company. That company was based in Dallas. So then I would start flying in and out of Dallas for that Pause. We're not done. We skipped over this little thing where I got recruited and then I left the job that I thought was great. And then I suddenly got to Dallas. Let's (laughs) backtrack a little bit. What makes one leave a job because they were recruited by another? More money. Uh, I mean, Um, that makes sense. I believe for more money too. Yeah. uh, (laughs) More money. It also was a remote position Mm -hmm. that I was able... The second I did it the first time, the remote work, I made a decision that any job that I was going to approach moving forward, it was a non-negotiable. Like it had to be remote. And even now that I'm in Chicago and the company I work for is based in Chicago, granted things have changed in yeah. our remote the, company. The world <laughs> adjusted to you. Right, exactly. But it's just something that's really important to me. Mm. And then also I think that there's a certain people aren't as loyal, dedicated, invested in companies for decades the way they used to be. I just thought about this the other day. Careers are it's not the so same. different. Mm-hmm. And especially with just natural turnover at tech companies, I think there's like the two-year itch where mm. like you've worked at a company for two years and there's so many options, especially in tech. You're like, oh, I can go do this elsewhere. And not because I may be unhappy where I'm at, but by going somewhere else, I am able to be the new kid on the block so I can be who I am. There's no stories following me like you moving to New York. Yeah. I can meet new people, have new challenges, hopefully make more money because moving to a new job is the singular opportunity to get yeah. the biggest bump. So why not? I guess I just, after five years of Booker, it was a moment of time for a change. Yeah. Time for a shift. And so I went to this company in Dallas and they were a old school print company that was in their heyday. They actually produced and printed all of the yellow pages <laughs> and sold the ad oh spots God. in the yellow pages. So like a local business before the internet, the only way you would advertise to your local community in right. your town was to have an ad in yellow, yellow pages. Yeah. That was it. God, I remember those days of looking for yeah. phone numbers yeah. and yellow pages or like looking at the advertisements for whatever, a cleaners yeah, or whatever pizza or whatever it was. And so they made bank doing that because yeah. it was the singular way to advertise in those days. Over time, they realized, okay, print is dying. So a similar situation to my Connie Nass days. And they decided we'll dip our toe in the business management 
software market as well. Ended up white labeling a software developed in Israel, got the rights to do the distribution in the United States. Put they like completely name. switched. Completely like, switched. has nothing to do with the other thing. Well, the, the one tying piece is helping small businesses advertise because the software allowed you to manage your customers, send emails, post on social media. So it was like a kind of a natural shift in the storytelling. I see. Because they were so old school and in, in like selling yellow pages in the in whatever, they they didn't know how to build a brand, market the brand, take risks, social media yeah. plans, anything, um, paid me anything. And so came in and helped build out a creative team there, designers, developers, copywriters, starting to build the brand narrative and was there for two and a half or so years and came to current company I'm at now in Chicago. Interesting. And you didn't even mean to be in tech. <gasps> no. And yet here we are. Yeah, I didn't, I did not intend to be in tech. There's definitely the tech bro stigma. I have had my share of interactions with the tech bros. I have mm. plenty of Patagonia vests <laughs> with company logos on them. Excellent. Um, I mean, they're good for uh, cabins in the woods. <laughs> they are good for cabins I mean, in the woods. All of this is really just building you a wardrobe so that you're warm in the woods. <laughs> Seems actually like quite useful. Maybe that was my plan all along. Just like know? they could build you a woods wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. On that. Just get That's you true. like all the Patagonian and like Yeti gear you need. <laughs> How many Yeti things do you have with labels on them? I have no Yeti things. That's shocking. And now I'm actually like going to go back to my company and tell them we need something Yeti. I'm shocked because yeah. Yeti's Yeti, newer though. It, yeah, but like, uh, I, without getting too much into my world, I was gifted something that somebody else's company gave them that was Yeti. Interesting. And this was years ago. What was it? It was like a, a really nice cooler. Mm-hmm. Also, those coolers are incredibly heavy. It takes two of me. Like, I have to clone myself to carry the, the cooler <laughs> when it's empty, let alone, God forbid, you put something <laughs> in it. It's so heavy. But, like, Patagonia and Yeti, I feel like this is... Yeah. We're building my fortress. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Well, at least now we have a reason for all of this. Right. Right. Exactly. But no, I, I didn't intend to go into tech. I, I think I just... Got my first job, fell into it. I did do a little bit of marketing. I, I ran a business in college. And so there was a little bit of marketing to it. So I had a, a somewhat connection that led me into the position. But I think I just kind of fell into the role at the right time and stuck with and it. And there was never like a moment where you were like, let me go do something else. Oh, there's a constant moment. <laughs> no, today. Every, every day. Every day. Which which does probably show me that I could be do, should be doing something else. But truth be told, I'm comfortable in it because I know what I'm doing. I've had so many years doing it. So there's a confidence in it. And then it pays me to be able to have a lifestyle of shiny things Mm. that I like. And so, you know, I think a lot of people, sometimes their job is their life. And in those cases where it's something where someone is very passionate about that job, beautiful, wonderful. I wish that I was passionate about something enough where it was the thing that actually fulfilled my bank account, but I don't. And so for me, my job's my job. And so I'm there, I'm present, I'm active, but I don't, you know, wake up going, yay, marketing or, or you know, yay, branding. But, but it is, you know, it's become such a focal point of my life. Just by But I actually think that's interesting because I think a lot of times like, Anytime you talk to somebody who runs their own business or works in corporate, it's like it is fully their entire existence mm-hmm. on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's something to say for like 
maybe it just pays your bills and provides the life you want so that your life can be what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be that the thing that is providing the life is in fact the life. Yes. I think that's fair. And, and, you know, it's always a grass is greener kind of thing. As much as I fantasize about the person who is really impassioned about their job and therefore like it's the thing that they love, they run their own business, they do, you know, there's a little bit of a sense of freedom for me and not being so tied to the job other than it's always a good student. I was part of student council. <laughs> you know, I'm always like, a, I want to do right, do good. So I'm always going to do it, do the job well. But to me, this isn't forever. It may not even be tomorrow. It will be tomorrow. Don't fire me. But there's a sense of I can do anything at any point, And uh, this is what I'm doing for now. And I guess I've been saying that for the last 15 years, yeah. but, but, it, but okay. But you've been saying it for the last 15 years, but you also like packed up your shit and moved to some new city. And so like, you do have this amazing flexibility that for example, I don't. Mm-hmm. So FYI, I'm not moving to New York anytime mm-hmm. soon because I have a business right. in Chicago. Right. So although it's very like intertwined to my existence, like Truly, designing spaces, selling spaces, getting people into their own homes, Mm -hmm. getting people to a place where they feel like they're at home and what that means. That is my entire existence on this Mm -hmm. planet. But I don't have the freedom to separate my mind, body, soul from my job. And you do. And there's a freedom in that because you can take your life and do something with it. Your connection to your job and to your career is not entangled with your connection to how you live on this planet. Fulfillment. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And mine can't exist without the other and it's complicated. Yeah. Right. Grass is always greener. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. Interesting. We'll think of a business model so that you can start moving to New York. Yeah. Can you? Uh-huh. Okay. But there's not really one. I am itself still selling, buying, and helping people rent real estate in Chicago. Don't forget that. You should send me referrals. Let's talk about this. We kind of touched on it a little and I don't know how deep into the world of this you want to get. But uh, Let's do it. Talk to me about tech bros. Mm, tech bros. They're the bros. They're the bros. They like Patagonia. <laughs> yeah, they like Patagonia. I don't know if this is exactly what you're asking, but I, I feel like... You I, know, I'm not asking anything specific. <laughs> tech bros, the, the statement has a certain connotation yeah. of like, there's always been a sense in my career or so far in my experience, my work, am I making as much as my male counterparts? Am I speaking up enough as much as my male counterparts? It's been a constant presence. One of the first times I think I was like really hyper aware of it was when I was in New York. There was this guy who I just had worked in the marketing department and I just had an opinion on the strategy of a marketing campaign that we were rolling out. It was a good idea. It wasn't like, you know, garbage. And I was sharing that idea and instantly he started to get really snippy with me. So I just kind of let it go. And, you know, long story short, he started asking around, assuming that I'm gunning for his job. It was one of the moments where I was like, first of all, I don't do what you do. And just because I happen to have an opinion that was a good opinion doesn't mean I'm coming for you. And so that... Like your existence only was there if it had to do with him. Right, exactly. Like your existence couldn't be independent of his existence. Right, it wasn't that I was a valuable asset on the team and I happened to share an idea and the team, you know, bought into it and was excited about it. And I strongly believe that any other male counterpart who did that, he would have been like, awesome idea, bro. Also, that's my tech bro. Um, Voice. And then constantly like... And I hate to generalize this against 
cis men, only because that's my direct experience, but even having female energy bosses around me, I never felt this, but it was like just taking credit for the work that I was doing, just constantly. And it's not uncommon. The story I'm telling is known. It's, it's yeah, the, this is not a secret. No, it's like sitting in the room and saying an idea. And then the dude next to you repeats the idea and everyone goes, yeah, bro, that was a great idea. And you're like, well, that's, I think it's just, uh, it's something that I've just learned to kind of operate in, which maybe that's, and it's not that I don't speak up, of course yeah. I don't speak up, but you just learn to operate in that space. So tech bros are abundant. It's gotten a little bit better. But more than anything, I'm constantly questioning, really, I think I'm constantly questioning if I'm making uh, a comparable compensation to my male counterparts. That's the biggest thing for me. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever know. Yeah. Because so. it's like not, well, is it? I don't really know. No, no. My I've never li- worked at, or existed in corporate America. I literally don't know how this planet works. Some companies do. Like report or no? Some companies do have, uh, they report their comp ranges. So their mm. salary ranges for different titles. In which case, you know, okay, if I'm a director level, everyone at the company at a director level is between this and this. So I'm like, okay, and somewhere I'm going to fall yeah. in there and somewhere they are too. But granted, that range could be $30,000. Right. But no, I, I, I don't know that information. And I think for me, because I'm not tied to my work because it fulfills me at my heart, yeah. but I do my work because it allows me to make money to live a life that I like to live knowing if I'm being compensated (laughs) is really important to me. Yeah, because it's fulfilling the other thing. Yeah. You're like, can I have more of my other thing? Yeah, exactly. And I think also just be constantly in the environment of feeling like I have to do twice. And and this is not an unfamiliar storyline, so it feels a little redundant to just even be saying it, but it's a truth. Yeah, but I think a lot of people refuse to say it on a platform. I think that's fair. So like, although we can all hear it and be like, yep, that tracks. We, yep, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. It happened three days ago. Yeah. Doing double Does work it, to get the same credit as someone, as a male counterpart. Yeah. Are you a minority as far as a female in your company? Uh, in terms of executive leadership, yes, we have a lot of work to do there. Mm-hmm. But on my respective team department where I work, yeah, no, there's a lot of women, incredibly smart talented, strategic females around me. And it's great. It's great. And actually the company just hired a couple months ago, a new CMO, a woman. But I am for the first time in a long time, actually intimidated by my boss. Amazing. She's great. I actually think that's great because I think in my personal opinion, (laughs) I've also never had a woman boss. Mm. I mean, I technically don't have a boss ever. But like any person that in theory would be my superior or like some version of that, if you run your own business, mm-hmm. you still kind of have people that are kind of sort of your supervisor in some, some sense. Some kind of sense. Yeah. I have never had one that is a female ever. Interesting. And I think that like if I was like really in awe of mm-hmm. a woman that was in that position, mm-hmm. my version of intimidated would be so different than mm-hmm. any version of intimidated that I have when Fair. it's a male. Yeah, yeah. I, right. I just used intimidated in a positive way. Yeah. But it is factual. I am yeah. intimidated by her. But yeah, with a male counterpart, intimidated, you're, yeah, you're like, feel like you're being belittled or Yeah, whatever. like what eggshells do I need to walk on right. to get where I'm trying to go uh-huh. versus my imagination of if it was a woman. And again, like there are all kinds of women with all kinds of personalities. And yeah, like, sure. She could literally be the devil mm-hmm. and like it could be a shit show. No, but it's true. We're, we're massively generalizing, yeah. but it's, 
helpful sometimes to do so to yeah just to get like the the concepts out but like I feel like if it was a woman that I really not just respected but like looked up to Mm -hmm. I think that version of intimidation would be so encouraging yes because it's like oh I could be that Uh uh-huh how do I what Uh do I how do versus what eggshells do I not need to step on in order to get where I'm trying to go exactly I think that's fair. Yes. In this scenario for me, my work right now, I'm like, wow, you really made it. Mm. You did it in tech, fought all the battles, got to this point. I highly respect you, but yeah. And not walking on eggshells, but I want to, I want to do a good job. Right. Like I genuinely yeah. want to do just be beyond the student council kid. <laughs> She really just wants to be student council president and she wants to make a sign and she wants everyone to vote for her. I think it was secretary once and I was like, why am I doing this? Because you weren't president. I think if you were president, you would have been like, I'm doing this every year until I graduate and I'm going to say the speech at graduation and it's going to be great. Oh boy. Oh gosh. That's, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, you're secretary right. wasn't good enough. You're like, I'm, I'm it's out. It's like, forget it. Forget this. I'm out. It's not good enough. No, I think this won't do. Uh-huh. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> This won't do for us. No. I can't live this way. Uh No one listens. (laughs) Well, that's also true. No one listens. No one listens. No. Okay, let's like skip ahead for two more seconds. Mm -hmm. So you live in Chicago now. You Mm -hmm. basically got here. You were kind of here before quarantine, but like Mm -hmm. you really got here during the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you've been in, you know, an apartment ever since. Fair. Literally, you've been locked in a loft ever since. Yeah. Do you feel like... The world is opening and like maybe you'll find a cabin in, in Wisconsin. <laughs> Definitely feel the world is opening up. Really excited about the opportunity to actually feel like I'm experiencing Chicago. I have been coming in and out because I would yeah. travel back and forth right. when I was living on the West Coast. And so I've done it a little bit. But when I would come, I would go with co-workers to, yeah. you know, the trendy restaurant. So yeah. I don't think I've had my own personal experience of it. And then with quarantine, you know, it's very, that yeah. happened. But yeah, I feel like I'm finally dipping my toe in the Chicago waters enough to be like, oh, I want to go check out this dive bar or mm-hmm. I want to go listen to music at this whatever local little spot yeah. or I'm excited by that. The prospect of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The newness. Yeah. Newness is good. You've been in a you've been in a new city for two years and you're still like I'm finally seeing it. I know. Yeah. I meet people like, what do you think of Chicago? And I'm like, I don't actually know. Like I literally know nothing. Yeah. I don't even I know, know where, where I am. Walk, like I know where we walk the dogs and that's uh-huh. about it. Exactly. Just full disclosure, she can figure out how to enter my building today. There's just a front door. And it's like the most obvious, like big lettering of the address. There's literally ginormous numbers that are that's as tall true. as my human body. That's and that's then there's true. flowers hard, all around them. That's also true. You know? You know, doors are hard. Big doors cities are hard. hard. And Chicago's really not that big. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> Course. I feel like we could continue just chatting forever. Yeah. I on mean, on. white claws help. Yes, they do. This was great. This was awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So where they can find you is on this bench in Correct. my house, in my dining little area. Yes. Got it. Perfect. Yes. Otherwise, she is in fact on Instagram, but apparently she doesn't follow me, nor <laughs> will she ever. And um, hard to tell if she ever looks at her Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn. Oh, you can, there we go. Maybe she looks at that. That's the place where you can find me. Do you, have you opened LinkedIn in the last 10 years? Let's backtrack. Have you opened LinkedIn in the last two months? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I haven't because I'm apparently not even logged in. <laughs> <laughs> My phone just asked me to log in, please. <laughs> See? So that's great. To be fair, though, my computer is, in fact, logged in on LinkedIn. There you go. 
LinkedIn is a weird place. Yeah, I don't can use you, it for social. Well, no. Yeah. Can you teach me how to use it for like life? Sure. Yeah. Remember they, that part in, in our podcast where I was like work in marketing, be like, hey, so on this platform, do I post here? I'm like, I don't know. So is that how? Yeah, sure. I, I know all I, of I know how to take a selfie, but like apparently you don't use those on LinkedIn. So no, no, no. I don't really know what to but do. You should there. be posting this podcast. Interesting. Interesting. Without a doubt. Without a selfie or with a selfie? You're cute. Post a selfie. Why not? All right. So with a selfie, but it can go on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Somebody else recently told me on LinkedIn, I should just talk a lot. Yeah, no. Talk a lot. Like type a lot of messages. Talk to all the people. Yep. It's true. Just It's obnoxious. And and it actually doesn't even matter what you say. Just talk. Yeah. Like you could be wrong. You could just put random stuff out there. Like you could just talk nonsense, but you must talk massive amounts. It's true. It's very interesting. It's exhausting. You might be good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Talk out of your ass all day long. Got it. She'll be good at it. Yep. Excellent. Perfect. We're doing great. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or I thoroughly annoyed you enough that you feel like you have to come back for more, please go subscribe, rate us, send a review, and share us on social. You sharing us means all of our struggles don't have to be in silence anymore. And it means we all have a voice. Most importantly, it means I get to keep making episodes. So please go share. And this is the whitest white girl shit ever. <laughs> so like a white claw then. And by the way, I only buy black cherry, the six pack of black cherry. I don't buy the other flavors. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> kind of next to my Fiji water in my bar. Yeah. No, it's. Does it make sense? It's super, super fancy. Kind of like how my Sprites are the mini ones because they look cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you notice that? They do look cute. Yeah. I don't buy the full size ones. They're not cute. Wow. Well, it's like you, you know, yeah. little tiny like, petite package. Uh, look at yourself. Okay, so white claw yeah. and ice. Should we do it? What? Yeah. Ah, okay, one. Don't break your nail. That was excellent. It's the best part about being a lesbian. Don't have long nails, so I don't have to worry. There are no lesbians with long nails. I don't feel like that's if there true. is a lesbian with a long nail, she's not a lesbian. I swear to God, it actually really makes a lot of sense if you really think it through. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep, think it through. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. You can cut that part out. Yep. <laughs> or not. Or not. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs>